Welcome back to another episode of Points of View. I'm your host, David Walsh. Chris Chamberlain, Point Hacks writer, joins us once again, fresh off the plane from New Caledonia. Now, this country may not have been at the top of your list for a holiday, but there's a very good chance you'll change your mind after listening to this podcast, especially when you hear not only the experience that Chris had there, but also how easy it was for him to find business class reward seats. Chris, welcome back to the podcast. You are becoming a very, very, very regular guest. I am. It seems every time I go somewhere, we make a podcast and therefore I'm always recording podcasts because I'm always flying. It's a nice problem to have. We were just joking before I started hitting the record button that I actually thought we were going to talk about a different trip today. Mm. But um, but no, we, we've, we've got that one in the back pocket for a future episode. We do and, uh, and you just, you have been to New Caledonia. What's going I on? Have. Well, I mean, why not, right? It's so close to Australia. It's so quick to get there. And as much as I like visiting you guys in the office in Melbourne, it's the same number of points from Brisbane to fly over to New Caledonia. So it sort of won this time, I'm sorry to say. But no, it was a great, uh, great trip. And it's, it's, it's a territory of France. And you can be basically in France in less than three hours. So it's from Brisbane. That's, that's pretty cool. So I had to go with that. Oh, it's very cool. Very cool. Um, so how and why did you decide to fly to New Caledonia? Well, I mean, it, firstly, it's so close to Australia, but the reality is that New Caledonia just has so many reward seats available to and from Numea. So if you're trying to find one of those, you know, unicorn seats like first class to LA or business class to London or something like that, you might be lucky to find that on a few days a year outside of promotions where, you know, Qantas unlocks the whole calendar on points as they did recently. But New Caledonia, almost every day I could get a seat to or from Numea. And I really wanted to go. And the schedule was quite full already with other things. And at Point Hacks, we, we work as a team and we try and balance, you know, who's on duty to be able to write and everything. So I had a very, very slim window of opportunity to go somewhere. And for me, being able to fly almost every day and not have to take that long flying as well, because that takes even more time out. Uh, New Caledonia was just a, an easy choice, and it's somewhere I'd very happily go back to on holiday. It's just so easy. Yeah did you did you know did you know much about it before you went there? So I'd never been before, which is always nice when I'm I'm traveling. It gets harder and harder the more travel you do to go somewhere new. I knew it was a territory of France. I knew they spoke French. I also didn't realize actually how little English they do speak there, but. Um, you, you really probably want to have a few words and phrases ready to go. But <laughs> and how is how is your French, Chris? Je voudrais une petite française. A little, so I speak a tiny, tiny bit of French, but it's really more ordering coffee. Yes, no, <laughs> thank you, excuse me. That's that's probably about it. So it's um, it's it's not great, but I got look, I got my coffee, and that was the important thing in early in the morning. So. Oh, definitely. I mean, New Caledonia is interesting in the fact that it's so close to Australia, but I feel. And I might be wrong here, but I feel like a, a lot of Australians don't know too much about the, about it. No, and just thinking about, I also just said I would like a little French, actually, not je parle petit français. <laughs> so that, 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 that's how little French I've got. But look, if you speak a couple words, you'll be fine. But it's kind of cool the passport stamp you get if you've been to Europe before. You know, they all sort of have a standardised stamp if you come and go from the EU. And I mean, New Caledonia isn't part of the European Union, but it's part of France, so the stamp sort of looks the same. So it's sort mm. of it's almost like you've gone to, to Europe, but not. Um, but look, it, it's a great destination in its own right. It doesn't have to pretend to be anything else. It's it's amazing. It's got just the most clear water 
uh, in and around the hotels and the lagoons. And the, the people are lovely. The food, at least outside the hotel, is really, really up there. Sort of think French cuisine and that that sort of thing. So it's, yeah, it, it impressed me. I would go back. Absolutely. Oh, like after, um, after you know, looking at some of the content you've produced, it's definitely on my list now mm. um, and very achievably on my list. So you've, uh, you've probably won me some brownie points at some point in the future for a, for a nice holiday. Um, so you specifically went to Numia, the, uh, the capital. That's right. Yeah. Cause that's where all the international flights come and go from. And that's, um, there aren't that many hotels there, even though it is the capital, it's not a big destination. So there, there are only a few available really for, uh, of the brands you might recognize. I'm sure there are a lot of independent properties, but you know, there's there's a Hilton, there's a Limeridian, and I ended up staying out at Doubletree, which is on its own little island, about half an hour boat ride out of Numia. So why not, right? You're, you're flying to a Pacific island. I mean, why not go from the main Pacific island to an even smaller Pacific island to have a bit more peace and, and tranquility? It was absolutely amazing. And just a uh, just a little thing, I sort of kind of stayed in an overwater bungalow out oh, okay. there. Just a, I wasn't just, just yeah. a humble flex, really. I was really, I was really slumming it. I mean, it was you know over the water. Just yeah, people go to the Maldives and things like that, but the reality is, you you can be there in three hours and have your feet up watching the you know watching the sun go down. And yes, absolutely recommend it. <laughs> well, like you're, get, you're getting me excited now. So let's let's talk <laughs> some details because mm. I'm sure there's a few people you know literally with pen and paper listening to this now going okay Chris that that sounds great how can I do it mm. um so you flew from um you flew there via Sydney didn't you yeah so it was just um because the flights from Australia go from Brisbane and from Sydney and so you have Qantas and you have Air Callan which is a code share partner of Qantas and under their code share arrangement you can book them with points as well so when you need a bit of flexibility or you might might only be able to travel on a specific day if there's not a flight available from directly from Brisbane or directly from Sydney, you can usually fly via the other city. So yeah, I flew Brisbane, Sydney, Numia to get there. And on the way home, I did Numia nonstop to Brisbane, which is nice, not not transiting in Sydney. But did you um, did you manage to get any business class seats or were you flying economy? I did the whole thing in business. So doing Brisbane, Sydney, Numia, Brisbane, it was exactly 69,100 Qantas points. So if you think you can get, you know, 70,000 points quite often or more in a single very, credit card sign up bonus, that's achievable. your trip covered. Mm. Um, and if if I'd been really picky and even more flexible with dates, Brisbane to Numia, as we're just saying, is the same number of points as Brisbane to Melbourne. So you can get it for, I think it's 27,600 Qantas points one way. So ballpark about 55,000 return instead of just under 70. So, I mean, Sydney's always that the same rate. It's a little, little further at the, the higher end, but yeah, Brisbane Namir is the real, the real sweet spot. What's the airport like in Namir? So it's, it's interesting. They have a, you land, they've got nice glass aero bridges. They have a dedicated business class immigration line. So even though I'm first off the plane, there's no one else in the airport. They're checking what class you're landing in. They're like, Oh no, business class, please come this way. And you're, you're, pushed into this priority queue to go in front of nobody but they just uh, <laughs> they in- insist on putting you through but no the bags came out really quickly um it's a little bit quiet still there's normally a shop that sells local sim cards because you can't get data roaming in new caledonia from any of the australian networks they just don't have that agreement so you have to hire a little portable wi-fi uh hotspot thing so you can get data and that, at least that store is open again at the airport which is nice um 
it's I'd read online it can be a bit hard to get a taxi or sometimes they don't take credit card or you know if you're a foreigner there's always the some taxi drivers like to take a bit more of a circuitous routing so I was able to you know pre-book an airport car from well I guess from the terminal itself right to where the the wharf was to get the boat to my hotel and that was that worked out really well um but yeah, the airport is really quiet. And then when I, I came back to it, they Qantas was happy to open check-in three hours before departure for an international flight. But the airport, because there wasn't much else going on that day, decided that, oh, we're not going to open security and immigration until two hours before departure. And so I've I just <laughs> checked in and I was thinking, you know what, I'll check in first. I'll make sure it's open because I don't want to return my little Wi-Fi thing until I know I'm good. And so I checked in, got my boarding pass. I was like, all right, I've got to drop this Wi-Fi off and then I'll go through immigration. So I put it through the little return box where you can't get it back and there's no one at the counter. I go to immigration I'm like, oh, we don't open for another hour. And so then I'm I'm sort of sat there. No no real internet, not much to do. Uh, just, so just you and your thoughts. Just me and my thoughts. Well, I was going through my photos. It was nice to be able to I was go about through, to say, but... at, at that point, you, you, yeah. you should just be scrolling through all the amazing pictures you've taken. That's right. But I would really have loved to have been doing that in the lounge instead with a glass of champagne. And that's, uh, yeah. So if we've, when you are flying out, you don't need to get there the three hours before departure, like you might at a, a bigger airport like Sydney or maybe even Brisbane. But uh, two hours is is the good time. And there's there's a priority check-in for business and frequent flyers and everything. And I was able to go straight through when I was processed and everything. So it's um, when they do finally open the uh, security and immigration, they they keep another priority line hidden there so again there may there may be no one lined up but they see business on your boarding pass they open this little side queue and push you down through a, a different door that ends up in the exact same place but they like to <laughs> they like to try and look after you make you feel special yes exactly was, was there a lounge you could use on the way back there was so it's not a massive airport so there's just the one lounge which is the air Callan lounge their local airline that Qantas has that partnership with so if you're flying as i was on a Qantas aircraft in business or as a gold or platinum or above frequent flyer, or a Qantas Club member even, you can use the Air Callan Lounge there. And it's it's really nice. It's sort of, I don't want to say it's like a Virgin Australia Lounge because they're not, you know, Virgin and Qantas aren't exactly partners, but it has that sort of similar funky mood lighting. It's got nice light-colored leather furniture. It has actual champagne, which is always a nice change for a business class lounge. Often you just get the sparkling wine. Um, and it's got some airport views and things as well. So I, I just sat there and because it's, you know, you can only get in two hours before departure and then they they board a bit earlier than a, a domestic flight so you get you get about an hour or so to just kick back have a bite to eat and then you're you're ready to go but it's a nice way to finish your time in in Umea. well i mean it's a uh, it's, a, it's a french territory so you'd hope there's actual champagne there you would yes <laughs> and not always <laughs> the case but yes you you would hope and they, yeah. they do deliver on that always nice so um what made you land on the double tree so I was just looking at options and, you know, I've stayed in my fair share of hotels over the years. And at, at some point, a lot of them start to look the same there. You know, it's it's a room in a building uh, and that's sort of what it is. And I was just scrolling through the options and I, the feature image of the Doubletree in the Hilton app uh, is this long line of these beautiful looking overwater bungalows. And I'm like, hmm, actually, you know what, this might be a nice change. And when I first looked... There were no bungalows available. I just thought maybe it was a, a stock image or whatever it was. They just had a couple of beach villas on the land, but most of the accommodation were just standard rooms. And I was like, oh, okay, I'll book something flexible just to make sure I have accommodation and sort it out later. And I went back in the app. And something I, I like to do when I've got flexible rates is research the dates that I'm, and when I say research, I mean rerun the search 
the dates that I'm staying to see, well, what's available now? What are the prices doing now? Because if you're, you're on a flexible rate, of course, you can change and cancel. So it can be a way to get a better room or to, uh, you know, to even get a lower rate. And I happened to rerun the dates and it popped up King Overwater Bungalow as a new room option that wasn't available. And I just sort of just jumped at it and uh, put it through. And our CEO is very nice. And he was like, go, 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 do the bungalow. And I was like, yes. <laughs> So that's, um, uh, judging from that, they're obviously the most popular option because it's, I, I haven't seen any other hotels in Numia. I know there are others in New Caledonia a bit further out that will have some bungalows and things, but to be so close to the city center in in Numia, um, to have, I guess, to have that so close where you can go and do other sightseeing without being stuck too remotely, they're obviously very popular. So if you want a bungalow, get in very, very quickly because the whole hotel, even all the on-land accommodation can sell out on peak periods like school holidays. And I did a, I did a search. I did this trip uh, about a month ago, which is about August, and I was doing a trip, uh, doing a search for September school holidays, and the whole hotel was showing us sold out. So, yes, if you want the bungalow, if you want to travel at a peak time, try booking as, as far in advance as you can or keep searching like I did, and maybe someone might cancel and you'll be able to snap one up. Yeah, I mean, it's pretty pretty good uh, advice in general. I think one one um, big call out is the relative cost of the bungalow. That's right. So it's in places like the Maldives, you're sort of looking at about fifteen hundred ish a night for a chain hotel bungalow experience, and often that doesn't include food, or it doesn't include all your food, anyway. Uh, and that can really start to add up. There are some other providers and things in the Maldives of brands you may not recognise that might get your bungalow for closer to a thousand a night right here in new caledonia in numia this ended up being about 450 a night and being a double tree i'm also hilton gold and so therefore that also means i get free breakfast and on an island food is not cheap and i have to say so that saved about 50 dollars a day in food just for me so being able to get something for a third of the price of the maldives even less with food included just makes it a really great value destination and when you consider not just how quickly you can get there but how few points you need to get there then if you're trying to bring a partner which everyone else seemed to be able to do on this uh trip they always seem confused because this is a work trip for me they always seem confused when i walked in and said table for one they just sort of by default assume someone else is coming and you're always like no no it is it's just me i'm just <laughs> you know hanging out um so being able to you know bring bring the family and probably the points that you would pay to do that for two or three people might be what you might spend on one person flying business class to Europe. So when you don't need as many points, you don't need as much money and you don't need as much time. It's those those three things that can really make a holiday fantastic because you land at home, there's no overnight flights, there's no jet lag. So you, you land home still feeling relaxed, not feeling dead from the plane ride. Mm. We've, we've drawn a few comparisons here to the Maldives in general. How, how would you say the overall trip stacks up compared to a Maldives experience? So I think it, if you have your expectations set um, well enough, it, it's it's good enough is what I'll say. It's not up there with probably the best luxury properties in the world. So Doubletree, for instance, is only a four-star hotel. And I know that you know if you're a picky traveler, if you've done a lot of these bungalows before, you might sort of expect perhaps a bit more privacy on your the balcony that you get out the back, or you might expect a bit better food and, and drinks and things. At the Doubletree, everything was mainly buffet which is not going to appeal to everyone. So it's, you know, I'm in a lot of lounges where you're always having helping yourself to food. So if I'm in an actual restaurant, I like an, a good amount of fresh food, not just an unlimited supply of okay food. 
So I sort of found that the best option was to go to the chef's counter within the buffet and they will cook fresh, you know, whatever it was you wanted from the menu. I had a steak, I had prawns and things like that. And just mainly living off that, that chef's counter or, you know, the alternative is you, they have a boat between the hotel and the mainland, which takes about half an hour. And if you're a hotel guest, you can do that ride for free. And so I, I ended up jumping on the boat going, going into I think Port Marcel and right near the, the boat dock, there's a, a really great um, restaurant. It's off the top of my head. I think it's uh, Le Bord du Mont, which is sort of on the, on the corner of wherever the dock is. But if you just look for the big, uh, it's like a big green buoy that's at the front of the, an icon to try and get your attention. And it's right there on the water and they have some fantastic food. So if you get tired of the hotel food, I mean, you do have options on the mainland. So if you set your expectations right, you're going to have a fantastic time. Might not be at the same level as the Maldives, but from an accessibility perspective and an affordability perspective, if you plan it out, it really sounds like a quite a good um, alternative, especially if you want to experience a you know over the water bungalow. Yeah, that's right. Because you could spend a week here for the price that you would spend in two or three nights in the Maldives, and you can still do some amazing things. So the bungalows have stairs that you can walk from your balcony straight down into the lagoon and go swimming. So I was swimming past turtles and schools of fish and could see starfish and all, you know, and you can rent a free snorkel through the hotel as well, which is handy when you didn't even remember to pack goggles as I was running out the door <laughs> packing for this trip. Um, but you've got all this, you know, amazing marine life and it's a, a protected marine park technically in the, the area. So it's, they all just come in and you've got all all these beautiful fish and everything else to look at. And it's it's one of those amazing things. I made time to go in for a second swim before I, I left. I always try and at least do everything once if I'm trying to review a, a trip or, or what have you. But that one, I, I made sure I was up early enough to be able to get in another one before checkout on the last day. It sounds very Instagrammable. It really was. I mean, that's the, the only hard part is you can't really take your phone for a swim, I guess, unless you have a waterproof case. So I, I did spend a bit of time sitting on the steps above the water trying <laughs> You to... just didn't come prepared, Chris. <laughs> you Man. didn't have your underwater kit. <laughs> I mean, look, there is the um, the boardwalk that takes you to all the different bungalows. And the water is just so incredibly beautiful and clear that I could stand there and film down into the water and it looked like I was I was already in it. So there was, there'll be this great photo of a turtle swimming in the the story that was taken from from up above and it was just yeah it, it's it's magical you've got to spend some time there really mm. well are there any other ways to get to uh, new caledonia outside of flying with Qantas? so that's really it from australia because it's not it's not a big destination they don't have a lot of people i've heard they're just starting to reopen up to cruise ship passengers again which is another one of their big markets but in terms of flying yeah i mean sydney and brisbane are the two big cities and Qantas and air Callan are the two big airlines and I mean Qantas co-chairs on Air Callan and as part of that you can book those points otherwise you've sort of got to fly maybe Air New Zealand via Auckland or the uh, I think I was going to say Fiji Airways I think those flights are still suspended between Fiji and Numia there's Air Vanuatu via Port Vila uh, but they're sort of a bit more you know flying the wrong direction to fly back so there, there are so many award seats to and from Numia direct from Australia you shouldn't need to use any of those uh, backup airlines as long as maybe you plan even I think I booked my trip maybe two three weeks before travel and had pretty good choice over the dates I wanted to fly and business class available on most of those dates so it's it's quite straightforward hmm. I mean there's plenty of uh, plenty of other options in the sort of Pacific Islands as well hmm. um, I mean if if uh, if our listeners were thinking about you know, okay well I've got got some points I want to look for a trip okay New Caledonia is an option now 
Um, there's a couple of other interesting, like what, what are some of your more interesting routes in and out of the Pacific Islands? So, I mean, I'll give you the biggest one first, just because that's where a lot of the award seats are, and that's Fiji with Fiji Airways and uh, Qantas. Virgin was also flying there previously, and they're, they're back again too. So you have the three different airlines flying. I think actually Jetstar flies there as well, so you've got even more choice in terms of the reward seats, and you can fly there from the East Coast Capitals. There's also a service now from Adelaide, and you can fly into, into Nandi, which is the big sort of aviation hub of Fiji. And from Nandi, you can fly... I don't want to say everywhere, but just about everywhere across the Pacific as well. So if you want to go to places like Tuvalu or Kiribati, you can leg it to Nandi and then hop on another connecting flight. Or what I would recommend doing is breaking your trip in Fiji because, hey, you've just flown to Fiji. Why not enjoy it? And then continue somewhere else. And I mean, if, if you're so inclined, you can even use Fiji as a pit stop on the way to places like LA because they have the long haul flights from Nandi to LA direct. And I've looked at doing that before and you sort of, you might land at eight, nine o'clock in the morning from Australia, and then the flight to LA leaves late in the evening. So without even paying any more points, you get an entire day in Fiji to relax and unwind. It's worst but, ways to spend your day. Yeah, there really, there really are. I mean, it, it's, you know, it's, I mean, what are you going to do? Sit by the pool and, oh, what a shame. Oh, no, God forbid. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, there are a lot of options. I mean, if in that sort of part of the world, of course, there's, there's New Zealand. We're not calling that a one of the smaller Pacific islands, but I mean, it is in that that part of the world and it's a similar number of points where they're earlier this year. And I mean, at the opposite ends, the more distant end, you've got Hawaii, but there's also little, some of the destinations people might forget about. So there's Solomon Islands and you won't see um, their local carrier on Qantas's award chart, but you can actually book code shares. Uh, it's a similar arrangement to how things work with Ekalan to New Caledonia. So you can fly Brisbane to Oniara, for instance, using Qantas points, on Solomon Airlines. And unless you know to search for that, you would not know that was an option. And it's the same number of points as on a Qantas operated flight. So you do have a lot of options um, throughout the Pacific. And I mean, Virgin Australia is coming back to Vanuatu. I think it's from later this year and you can fly Brisbane, Port Vila direct. And it's the same number of points as again, Brisbane to Melbourne because it is so close. And to have that option for Velocity members is fantastic. And I mean, you can also use Qantas points on Air Vanuatu to get over to Port Vila too. So you've got so much choice. And if you can't fly to the place you want to go to directly, maybe somewhere like the Cook Islands as well, you can often fly via somewhere else nearby. So I mean, Cook Islands, is you'd often fly via Auckland uh, as one of those options or places, as we were talking about, like Kiribati with Fiji, you can fly via Nandi. Um, and Qantas also now has, I think it's Sydney Samoa flights. So you can fly fly there directly on a, on a Qantas aircraft uh, without having to transit anywhere. So the, as, as all these countries reopen and as, as tourists get out and, and explore, I would expect to see even more of these options uh, becoming available. But absolutely. I mean, look, we, we had a podcast about this, how to find award seats and what the, some of the searches we do. And honestly, if you just go to the Wikipedia page, it, sound, it sounds a bit crass, but if you just go to the Wikipedia page of the airport that you want to fly into, there's normally a reasonably up-to-date list of the airlines that fly there and where they fly from. So if you know you can use your your Qantas points, obviously on on Qantas, then and you see Qantas flies there, then that's your that's your clue that you'll be able to hopefully fly there on points. Yeah, I mean, you just open up so many more options when you are you know creative with some of the routes you get. You know, you you can with some of the routes you craft to mm. to get to places. It doesn't make it easy, but um, as you know. Yeah, if you if you if this is your first podcast, 
go listen to the one before this because we, we there's a lot of really good advice on that on uh, around how to find you know business and, and business and first class seats. Mm. And with some of those connecting flights too, if you take them on the same day, you don't spend any more points sometimes to take two flights compared to only taking one. So I mean, personally, I would still just pay the extra the few extra points to stop and enjoy every um you know every little island I'm flying through because. Why not? But if you're you're pressed for time or you just really want to get somewhere and you can manage a same day connection. So, I mean, things like Fiji Airways comes to mind when uh, when thinking about this. The redemptions are just based on the total distance that you've flown. So it doesn't really matter the number of flights that you're taking. It just matters the number of miles that you fly. And if, if your destination is quite close to Fiji or um, even if you're flying to, for instance, maybe you're flying into Nandi in Fiji and you really want to get to Suva and so you've got to take a domestic uh, Fiji Airways or Fiji Link domestic flight, and you book that on the same ticket, you generally wouldn't pay any extra points as well. So be prepared if you book things together, you might save some points. So don't uh, don't try and necessarily book each flight separately unless you know that's that's what you want to do. Well, I know one thing that um, sort of with a lot of these locations at the moment is there's been some news items recently around you know delays and cancellations of flights, um, which you know obviously not fun when that does happen but you wrote a really interesting article um recently around how you can sometimes you know make delays and cancellations work for you um i'd I'd love to hear a little bit more detail so i was i mean look for numir i was quite lucky everything was on time and i guess when you the airline only has one flight a day in that instance they probably put a bit more effort into trying to make sure that one flight is on time and gets there so I do a lot of flying between Sydney and Brisbane for business. And on, on a route like that, there are a lot of different flights to choose from. So I guess if an airline is pressed for staff, has an aircraft issue or something, and they need to pick a route to pull a plane from, it's going to be one that has a lot of departures. So I'm, I find a lot between Brisbane and Sydney that flights can be cancelled, even at whether it's at, on the day or within a week, maybe some of those a bit more strategic cancellations, merging a few flights together to make them all full. But the minute there's a schedule change on your ticket, you get all this extra freedom to be able to change your plans and choose options. So if you've booked a flight on points, you can normally only secure a seat on a flight that has a reward seat available if you're booking a classic reward. And so on a route like Sydney to Brisbane, especially if you're booking at short notice, that might be one of the late evening flights that are less popular with people paying full fare, flying home from work at the end of the day and things like that. So you might be able to get a seat at 8 p.m. And that might be about it. But if your flight is then delayed or it happens to be cancelled, especially as one of those less full flights, it's probably got a higher chance of being cancelled than the 5 p.m. peak time business hour, everyone's on FlexiFare type of flights. Um, and they cancel your flight. You'll generally get a text or a phone call and it's like, well, what would you like to do? And so if it's Qantas, it even comes up in the app. Uh, click here to choose your new flight. And you can then choose whenever you want to fly the same day. So if you want to jump on a really, really busy flight that never had point seats available to you or that's currently selling for sometimes eight, nine hundred dollars at those last minutes, but there are still seats available, you can just click and say, Oh yeah, I'll just I'll just put myself onto that flight. There's no cost to changing it. And so this is this is what I sort of like about some of these delays and cancellations because my plans change too. It's not just the airlines that are making these changes and then your your schedule's quite fixed. I mean I sometimes add meetings, meetings get cancelled or changed or or brought forward and it doesn't always make financial sense to be flying on a full flex airfare to be able to change it at the airport and so if if my plans have changed and then the airline changes my flight I mean that's a, a perfect combination for me to get home earlier without spending any extra points or without spending any, any extra dollars and 
Virgin Australia is a bit similar in that respect as well. I had a flight cancelled only last week and it was I was meant to be flying at 4 p.m. from Sydney to Brisbane. The computer, instead of moving me later, moved me forward to fly at 3. And I was like, well, no, I've got meetings and things. It's a, it's a business day. And so I, I called up and I said, look, there's been a, a schedule change here and the the word you use is involuntary schedule change to remind them it's it's their fault it's not you mm. saying oh look i would like to change my flight because you've been disrupted and so i said to them i was like look um i can see there's a flight at five i can see there's a flight at six i, I think now that my original flight's been cancelled the flight at six actually would be the most convenient for me and on my end i could see they also had the most seats still available for sale on that not on that flight even though there were none of the fair type that i'd originally booked And so I just said, well, look, I mean, it's a schedule change instead of bringing me forward, which no longer suits and I might have to cancel, which means getting money back on a um, that type of fare. It was like, look, if you could just put me on the six o'clock, I would be very happy. And that flight was even though it was selling for about six hundred dollars, they were quite happy just to press a few buttons, move the flight, reissue the ticket. And yeah, again, that's I mean, that's domestic and international. There can be some little wins as well. So, again, I had a points flight booked Melbourne to Dallas which is one of Qantas's new routes. And they've decided they weren't going to fly on the day that I had originally booked. And the computer, I had a business class classic reward seat. And the computer again moved me to the next available flight, which was the next day, which meant getting to the US 24 hours later. And I'd already booked domestic connecting flights. I'd already made plans on the ground. And that did not suit me at all. And again, you can't do a lot of this online. So I just called the Qantas reservations number. And I just said, look, Schedule change on my booking. It's kicked me back by 24 hours. What are the chances of getting on something else the same day? I don't care if there's a connection or anything like that. And they're like, oh, okay, we'll put you on hold and we'll, we'll see what we can do. And you're sitting there thinking, this is going to be good. They're probably just going to leave me on my the flight they've moved me to. Uh, and they came back and said, oh, okay, all sorted. So we have you on a departure from Melbourne to Sydney and then Sydney to Dallas on the day I'd originally booked. And they'd opened up business class reward seats just because I was displaced. I mean, I'm not even platinum or anything. So it's not that they can request them in the way that you can to book a new ticket. It was just, hey, we have business class passenger flight cancelled. Let's get them on another plane the same day. And I mean, for me as a points club member, that actually works out quite well because I get even more status credits by taking that domestic flight first. And as luck would have it, they booked me on an A330. So I get a flatbed for that 90 minute flight. And then the flatbed on the sixth longest flight in the world, Sydney, Dallas, um, back to to where the destination was that I was headed. So that's, for me, that if you really know what the rules are and you know what some of your options are, even though the websites may not make that clear to you, if you just know that you can call and ask for something and usually as a schedule change passenger, they can just do it for you. You're really, yeah, you're, you're really almost lucky in a way to have flights delayed or canceled. But I, I do recognize and I do have that frustration where not every cancellation or delay is good. You might be taking the first flight of the day to go and make a very important meeting or as some of the passengers I've heard on a recent flight where it was disrupted trying to make a funeral. Unfortunately, they were like, look, we'll book the first flight of the day because if there are delays, we'll we'll get there. And I could, you know, they were telling me they're like, well, oh, our first flight got canceled. We got booked on a new flight. New flight had engineering issues. Now we're not going to get there until two in the afternoon. And so uh, unfortunately, when the flights are completely full, there is just nothing you can do. But if you're at least a bit flexible with your plans and in, in what you're doing for travel and there were seats available on other flights, you can try and make it work for you sometimes. Yeah. If you don't ask, you don't get. Exactly. Um, and yeah, definitely definitely worth keeping in the back of your head. Well, Chris, I'm going to go and Google 
flights to New Caledonia now. Like, Please um, do. Get some of those reward <laughs> seats. Um, thanks for coming on the podcast again. Um, looking forward to having you for the other trip that I thought this mm. podcast was going to be about. But, <laughs> um, I'm really, I'm really glad we we spoke about this because um, it's really. I mean, you've, you've sold me on New Caledonia. Absolutely. Uh, I'm going to have to start downloading Duolingo and learning my French. <laughs> <laughs> Just to get those few words happening. As long as for me, look, as long as I can order coffee, that's where. If I don't have coffee, then that all bets are off. Really. So that's yeah. the. Yeah. That is the most important phrase. Well, Chris, looking forward to having you back soon. Thanks for having me, Dave. That's it for today's episode of Points of View, the Point Hacks podcast. Remember to visit pointhacks.com.au for more frequent flyer deals, guides, and tips. I'm David Walsh, and don't forget to subscribe.